0: Let's stand all over the house this evening and let's begin to worship the Lord. We're going to ask you to uh, grab a hymn book, or, walk, or you can look at the screens uh, to the right, to the left. We're going to sing this old hymn of the church Let My Life Be a Light. this evening. Father, every note that is played, song that is sung, and message that is given, let it be for the upbuilding and the advancement of your kingdom. We pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Will you take the next few moments and just welcome those to church around you in the Lord at this time. standing let's go back into worship this evening let's sing some praise and worship songs unto the lord come before you today once again one more time to tell you how much we love you how much you mean to us father i pray that as we get ready to segue to the next portion of this service that god that your hand would be upon us we would hear from you tonight just like we have heard from you all day today and father we give you all the praise and all the glory that is due your name in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit we pray all God's people together said amen. 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 You have your Bibles. I'd like for you to go with me tonight to the book of Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. While you're turning there, uh, let me, I meant to make mention of this this morning, uh, but I failed to do so. So I will send out a mass message to everybody, but I'll go ahead and announce it today. We were supposed to have senior adult breakfast this weekend. Um, and uh, we were still going to plan on having that, but many of you uh, that come to Senior Adult Breakfast have spoken to me, and you are on this fast, and many of the things you are fasting would contradict many of the things we would prepare. And so uh, after talking to quite a few of folks, uh, we are going to postpone Senior uh, Pillars, Pillars Breakfast for the month of January. We'll pick it back up in February because many of you wanted to finish out the fast before we did that and so you have many of you have expressed interest and in let's just postponing it one month so that we could finish this fast strong uh, I will say I know there are some folks that are that are hitting the grind I know we're on that last week uh, of it if you will but uh, but uh, I had somebody this morning uh, tell me that there was a couple folks that said and how many more days we got and uh, he didn't say I thought I heard him say something about if you wanted to do extend it was he meaning we were extending it and they said no, and they said, whew, because my coffee and Pepsi's are getting real strong right now. I've been craving those, and, and so I told them, I said, look, when Saturday sundown, uh, we, most of us, myself, I finish through Sunday morning until church, but some folks will do it at sundown, similar to the Jew, uh, Jewish calendar. They will do it at sundown. Um, so if you want a cup of coffee at 11 p.m. on Saturday night, you can have it. For those of you that's been feeling the real tug and struggle, and, uh, and if you want a good Pepsi, uh, at, at 8 o'clock at night. The Lord be with you. The Lord shine His face upon you and be gracious to you. Uh, you can have it. You've only got to make it till Saturday uh, Saturday night uh, and you're almost there. And then next Sunday morning, Brother Randy will have you a fresh, hot, piping hot cup of coffee in the back. He may drink a whole pot by himself, but you can wait for the next pot. But we will have you coffee. It'll be there. We'll bring extra coffee pots to make sure everybody gets a cup that Sunday. But uh But just make sure that you realize that Saturday we will postpone Pillars Breakfast. And we'll send out a message, of reminder. But let you know that just uh, since many of you are still on the uh, fast with us and uh, and are going to be a part. Don't forget tomorrow night is our last official called uh, Divine Encounter Prayer Service. Uh, It'll be at 7 p.m. And uh, you don't want to miss it. Uh, It's been... Like I said this morning, I don't know how many other adjectives and creative ways I can say it. The last two weeks have been nothing short of, of a spectacular. And, uh, and I believe that tomorrow night's going to be no different. Uh, we've got a few songs of worship lined up that we feel like will fit the divine moment an hour. and hour. Uh, and then we've got some prayers that will be offered up. And uh, we're going we're gonna to believe. Last Monday we anointed pews in this building. And we anointed over seats. And people were praying all over the building. And so, um, you know, come be a part of that if you can. We understand, if you cannot, we, we completely understand, but if you can, you know, come join us and, uh, and hang out with us for a little while as we pray and seek the face of the Lord. Acts chapter 1, I'm going to begin in verse number 12, and uh, I'll read down to verse uh, number 14 uh, for those of you that are following along today. Uh, Acts chapter 12, uh, and, or chapter 1, verse 12 through 14 is where we'll be uh, taking the crux of our message today. Then they, and the word they is referring to the disciples of Jesus and and, and the the people that have been following him. This is Jesus' post-ascension. Jesus is gone. He's back into heaven. He is headed back to the right hand of the Father. They returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which was near Jerusalem, about a Sabbath day's journey. And they, when they had entered in, they went into an upper room where they were staying. And it lists who was there. Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, Simon the zealot, and Judas the son of James. Along with them they continued with one accord in prayer and supplication, along with the women, and Mary the mother of Jesus, and his brethren, or his brothers, depending on your translation. You got the eleven apostles that are in an upper room. They are... Waiting for this anticipation of this Holy Spirit Christ has talked to them about. Jesus' mother, the brothers of Christ, and other women that followed Jesus' ministry were all there together. And when you study that out, you you know there was about 120, based on Scripture, that we think were in that room. Uh, We don't know how large that room or gathering place was, but enough that obviously could accommodate 120 people. And they were together. I've told you that the last few weeks that my heart has been and, and my focal point has been uh, for, for the Pentecostal power of God to be displayed in church again. Not only for our children and grandchildren, uh, but, but in the church, for people. People that even have been Spirit-filled for a long time to be refilled, to be reintroduced uh, to the power of Pentecost, to re-experience His power. And so I want to talk for a few minutes on Pentecostal-producing prayers. The kinds of prayers that will produce Pentecost. Pentecostal producing prayers. Not every prayer produces Pentecost. Not every prayer produces the power of God. You say, well, Pastor, that seems counterintuitive. No. You can, you can have the power of God actively working in your life, but there's a lot of people who do not believe in Pentecost, but they will call themselves people of prayer. There are a lot of churches that don't believe that Pentecostal worship and Pentecostalism that will tell you, Pentecost was for the early church only. But as I said this morning, I don't believe it's a sensational gift. I believe it's a continual gift that keeps on giving. And so we're going to talk about that just briefly in the presence of the Lord. Let's pray. Eternal Father, thank you for the opportunity once again behind stand behind this sacred lectern and decree and declare the word of the Lord. Father, I pray that you would open the eyes, hearts, and ears of every man, woman, boy, or girl under the sound of my voice this evening as I preach your unadulterated word. Father, I pray that every note that has been played, song that is sung, message that's been given, God has been to the utmost effectiveness of the kingdom of God. Lord, I pray you would open our eyes, hearts, and ears to the words that you have to say. Take a crow from the altar of heaven, anoint these lips of clay, that I may decree your word only, not mine. And let us not be hearers only of the words that are spoken, but become doers thereof likewise. And we pray this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's people together, Said, amen. Amen. If you're able, you can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Pentecostal producing prayers. I began to think about that kind of thought process today in my office as I was preparing uh, for tonight's message. When I use the word Pentecost tonight, and I think of the word Pentecost in our our reading tonight, I'm not talking about necessarily a one-time event. But I want to talk more from an an ongoing experience. Something that is a continual factor in our lives. Because I believe that Pentecost is not something we experience one time and then it's over. I do not believe that when you get filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the heavenly language or you encounter that Pentecostal experience while that might be a moment in your spiritual journey and maybe a defining moment that you'll never forget in your life of what God has done in your life. I don't believe Pentecost is a one and done. You got it one Sunday morning in the church and after you got that you're good and you never have to experience it again. You kind of checked off that spiritual box and you don't need it anymore. That's not how I view that. I, I, don't, I don't believe salvation is a one time experience. I believe you can lose your I believe you can lose your salvation. Now that's counterintuitive some people's teaching. Somebody says, Well, can can you be once saved, always saved? Yes, you can. You can be once saved, and you can continue to get saved, and you can continue to get saved, and you can continue to get saved, and when Jesus comes, you can be once saved, always saved. If you don't ever sin again, you can be once saved and always saved. But if you're like me, you're gonna mess up one day. And you're gonna realize you made a mistake. And you're gonna realize that all fall sin, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so some days You may not have to get re-saved, but we call it in the fancy church world, rededicate our lives to the Lord, saying, God, I messed up today pretty bad. Now I want to make sure we're back in the right relationship today. I don't believe that holiness is a one-time event. I don't believe that one time you come to the altar and you... Have this encounter and God began to move on your life and He called you to 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 do some changes in your life. That's a one-time event. I believe holiness is a continual process. I believe you have to be holy on Monday just like you are on Tuesday, just like you are on Wednesday, just like you are on Thursday. I don't think it's just one day a week or one time a year. Somebody asked me one time, says, Pastor, are you a pastor that preaches... Instant sanctification or progressive sanctification because I know a lot of Pentecostal churches, they preach a one-time divine encounter. It's an instantaneous moment. You know a definite moment of grace. Sanctification happened. And then other churches uh, preach about a progressive. Which one are you? I said both and. They say, what do you mean both and? You got to be on one side of the fence or the other. I said, no, I believe it's both and. I believe you can come to an altar, I believe God can speak to your heart, I can believe that you can have a defining moment where you are sanctified you're set apart for the master's youth you start cleaning out the things in your life and you start getting rid of things, but I also think it's progressive because if you don't continue to stay sanctified, that crap will come back into your life those sins will come back into your life that mess will come back into your life, and hell will come back into your life, because the Bible says that when when, when one man might be full with a demon, and that man gets clean from a demon, and that demon moves out, but if that man doesn't keep his house clean and swept and make sure that's right he'll go find seven more just like him and the man will be worse than before I think sanctification's the same way if you say sanctified for five minutes that's great but if you don't keep sanctifying yourself wholly unto the Lord the devil will come in and he'll start sneaking his way back in and before long you'll be less sanctified than you were before you were sanctified now, I believe sanctification is not a one time event I believe it can be a defining moment But I also believe it's a progressive moment. I believe that we never fully spiritually arrive where we need nothing. I don't believe there's anybody that reaches some kind of level 57 spirituality and that's all you can go on the game of spirituality and you've maxed out and you've arrived spiritually. I don't think there's a level. Do I think you can continue to grow in your level of faith with Jesus Christ? Yes. Do I ever think you'll get to max level? No. Because I don't think we can, in our finite beings could ever fully house the, the full potential and power and glory of God in our finite beings. That's why the Bible tells us that when we pass away, this corruptible shall put on incorruption and this mortal shall put on immortality. Because I don't think we could fully handle the glory of God in these finite bodies. So it's, we continue to grow, we continue to progress, we continue to reach new levels and new heights. I don't care if you say, well, Pastor, I feel like I'm at level 57. Well, you know what, there's a 58 you had not got to yet. I don't know what it is, but there's another level you can go to. Now, Pastor, I've been saved 40 years. Good. You got 40, the, 40, the 41st year, you still got to stay saved. Well, pastor, I've been spirit-filled for 30 years. Well, you know what? You're entering in your 31st year. You've got to keep that baptism of the Holy Spirit in your life. There's still more of God to be obtained. And I don't believe the same with Pentecost. I, don't believe, I do believe you can have a one-time divine encounter where you experience God in an altar or in a prayer closet or in a, in a room in your house somewhere. I do believe you can have a one-time divine encounter moment, but I don't think it ends at that one moment. I believe it is a continual process. I think the Holy Spirit of God stays with you. I think He comforts you. I think He guides you. I think He reveals to you the words of the Lord. And I do think there are times in our lives that spiritually speaking, we're not unsaved, but we're running low on fuel. And every so often, we need the Holy Spirit to refuel that which is running out of fuel. Because there's a lot of people that start, the Bible said, many start the race, but few finish the race. It says everybody will start this race, but not everybody finishes the race well. Many people will say, Lord, Lord, but I'm going to say, I never knew you. There's a lot of people who say, well, I heard about you, God, in Sunday school. I heard about you at that church one time. And God's going to say, you heard about me, but you didn't know me. Many will say it, and few will enter in. In fact, Jesus described it to his disciples. He said, "Wide." is the way that leads to destruction but narrow is the way that leads to life it's harder not everybody there's a big road of people going to hell there's a narrow road of people that stay true to the end you know I don't know the statistical analysis but I guarantee you if we were to put a statistical analysis on saved versus unsaved it would startle us how many people are truly saved not people who say they're saved I'm talking truly saved versus people who are not saved or not in the right relationship with God now some people may not be honest they may tell you they're saved but you know their fruit may bear differently or they may not be completely honest with the surveyor so you may not know the true data but what I want you to understand is that while I believe that you can have those divine moments those divine encounters those divine experiences I don't think that you only get a one time chance I think that when your spiritual engine oil is running low, we always equate in the Bible the oil, the anointing, it's always equated or it's always symbolic of the Holy Spirit. The anointing oil is a, and oil is a reference to the Holy Spirit and His anointing. Nowadays we, we talk about the anointing of the Holy Ghost and the anointing of the Spirit and It's oil. I think sometimes in our spirituality, our our spiritual engine oil is running low. It doesn't mean you're not saved. It doesn't mean the Holy Spirit's not still in your life, but you're running low. And every so often, you need to put another quart of oil in the spiritual engine. Sometimes we get downtrodden and depressed, and we walk through this life, and our prayers feel like brass bouncing off the ceilings. And and we feel like everything's falling apart around us. We love Jesus, and we may love going to church, but we don't always feel real good about it. Jesus and we may not always feel like shouting, we may not always feel like running the aisles, we may not always feel like speaking in a heavenly language as the Spirit gives utterance we may not always feel like we're feeling in the other moments when we were on spiritual highs, maybe we are in spiritual lows and sometimes we need Him to fill up the engine oil again because we're running low it's not bad, I, I don't want you to feel that, it's, that I, it's a negative thing. Everybody will walk through a spiritual valley. It's inevitable. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, experienced spiritual valleys. If God's Son walked through them, you're no better than Him. You will experience them. The Son of God, even though He knew the answer to the question, His humanity still had to ask the question is there not another way than this way? Nevertheless, not your will, not my will, but your be done. But can can this cup pass? In his weak moment, he knew what had to happen. But in his humanity, his humanity cried out, is there not another option? Even Jesus felt the weight of life in that moment. So will you. There will come a day, an hour, you'll pray to God. God, you may not say it the same way as let this cup pass from me, but... You'll ask questions like the psalmist David. Why me, Lord? Woe is me, Lord. What have I done to deserve this, Lord? You'll go through seasons where it doesn't seem to make sense. There's nothing wrong with that. You're human. It's okay. The the Lord understands that. The Bible tells us He's near the brokenhearted. He's near to those people. When those people are down like that, God comes to their rescue and their aid. He's there for them. Many people have had a one-time experience. You could call it a dynamic or a dynamite moment in their spiritual journey, but they've never experienced any more since. A real experience of Pentecost should produce an inward desire to live a spirit-led and a spirit-filled life until the return of Jesus Christ. You see, over the book of, over the course of the early chapters of the book of Acts, when you begin to look at it, you will discover that few prayers, there were a few prayers that were prayed that touched the heart of God, and as a result, facilitated an oncoming outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Every time certain prayers were prayed, he showed up each time in Scripture. So very quickly, I'm going to walk you through some of the prayers that produced the cause. What kind of prayers can you pray? Where the glory of the Lord, the manifestating power of Christ Jesus and the Holy Spirit. What kind of prayers will open up the windows of heaven and pour on you out of blessing you scarcely have room enough in your mortal body contain? What kind of prayers will bring about those? Well, one of those prayers is prayers of unified purpose. You have to be in unity with the Lord. In fact, the, Bi- the Bible tells us, according to the psalmist, how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. God specializes in unification. His very deity of who He is, is a triune persona God that works in harmony together. Namely the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All three of them are distinctly different roles. And they all three distinctly have a different part in the story. But they all work together for one common goal and one common good. Even from the, core, even from the foundation of the early church. All the way back to the very first writings of Holy Scripture. In the book of Genesis we find all three of them working in harmony. In the beginning God, the Father, created heavens and earth. And the earth was formless and void and darkness covered the face of the deep. So far we've only heard about God the Father and this vacant empty world of emptiness. But can I tell you that even in empty places, it's really never empty because the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord hovered over the waters. Even in empty vessels, even in empty seasons, even with empty hearts, God specializes in His Spirit, not leaving voids empty, but so long. But so long. And not only... Was it formless and void and darkness covered the face of the deep? But the Spirit of the Lord hovered over the world. And then God said, God's Word, the Word of God said, let there be light to fill the void of darkness. And there was light. We know that light travels at an almost fathomable speed. It takes about eight minutes for the sun to get from us from the sun shining to get to earth should take about eight minutes to actually arrive here. But when you wake up in the morning, it's here. It moves so fast. So fast. The reality of it is when God said, Let there be light, that is the spoken word of God. God the Father saw it was void, God the Spirit was filling the void. But there was a third part, the unification of the triune God that when it was said, let there be light, the Bible said, there was light. The spoken word went into effect. That's God the Son. Well, how do you figure? Because when Jesus put on carnality and he came down in human flesh, he told at the beginning of the writings of John, in the beginning, the Word was God. The Word was with God. See, what he told us is, From the foundations of time in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So not only was the Word in the beginning and with God, it was a part of the triune God. So God the Father sees this void and empty season and space. God the Spirit is filling the space, but God's Word said, let there be life. God the Son made it happen. He made it come to fruition. All throughout Scripture, we see God's triune being represented in multiples of three. When He comes to visit Abraham, God shows up with two angels on each side to represent the triune unification of God. When Jesus goes through his transfiguration, Moses is on one side, Elijah is on the other, Jesus in the middle. Three, to represent the triune divine order of Jesus Christ. When Christ Jesus was uh, uh, baptized by John, the Bible said, God the Son's in the water, but the heavens opened up, the Spirit of the Lord descended as in the form of a dove, and God the Father spoke and said, This is my Son with whom I am well pleased, even in the middle of death. We see the triune God, God the Son, is hanging high between heaven and earth. And He takes away the remission of sins from humanity by decrying, it is finished. And the breath leaves out of Him, the Ruah, the breath of God, leaves out of His body. They lay the brow-beaten and blood-stained body of the incarnate Christ into a tomb. And God the Father, the Bible said, had to turn His head away because he could not look on the shame of his son but three days later God the spirit walked into the tomb because God the father is still making sure heaven's taken care of the spirit of God comes down to earth and he breathes life back into God the son to where Jesus resurrects and he ascends to the right hand of the father and said but I don't want you to be concerned buddy and brethren and sisters because when I get back to the father the father will still be at the throne and I'll be sitting at the right hand of the father making intercession for you but there's a third part of me called God the Spirit that I'll send back down here to be a revelator and a teacher and a comforter and a guide and a helpmate a paraclete a helpmate to you I will not leave you alone alone he's a unified God multiple purpose you start praying unified prayers you'll see the glory of God come down Acts 2 and 1 tells us that. And when they, the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord and in one place. That's unity. One place, one accord. And today we could say that they were at one church service and they all had one goal in mind. Not everybody was looking out for their own agenda. Hello. They were looking out for a common agenda. They weren't worried about Brother Marion's Sunday school class might be slightly bigger than Brother Randy's. They weren't worried about that. They were just worried about the Word of God going forth. They weren't worried about that Sister Sandy had more children in her children's church class than Brianna had in hers the previous week. They weren't worried. They were just worried about teaching children Jesus. They weren't worried about if Miss Glenda's class was more cooler than Miss Jeannie's class because it didn't matter as long as Jesus was taught to the children. They weren't worried about, well, the youth department was bigger when Brother Randy led it than when Brother Larry ran it. No, 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 no. They were just worried about the teenagers knowing who Jesus was. They weren't worried about if Sister Sherry got to sing the hymn or if Sister Jennifer got to sing the hymn. Come on, somebody. You know what? I, you've been to some of these churches before. You know what I'm talking about. Well, bless God, I used to sing that song. Well, bless God, I used to play the drums. Well, you know, Brother Randy, who does he think he is? he gets to play the guitar? I used to play guitar at church. We didn't know that. You have never told us that. So we don't know how you want us to feel. Fix that. Come on, somebody. You know how they think. You've been to church like that. We're supposed to read your mind. We know you sing. We know you play. We know you preach. We know you park cars. We know you like to cook. But you never filled out a questionnaire that says, I want to serve in the church. Come on, y'all. Act like you've been to these churches before. You know what I'm talking about. You know, we got these people that they weren't worried about. Well, Sister Carol gets to play the organ and the piano when the preacher gets up to preach. Well, I used to play the piano. Well, what makes Brother Dennis think he's the only guy that can play the bass at church? I like to play the bass at church. They weren't worried about who got to do what? Who said what? Who's ministry? They were all in one a place. One accord said, nothing else matters. We want the Holy Ghost. We want the Spirit. However it has to come, we'll do it together in this moment. When you get a church in one mind, in one accord, honey, you better look out because you're going to experience the Holy Ghost. And when the Holy Ghost shows up, you'll have church. You, you won't be worried about who's singing because all you'll be worried about is who walked in the back door while they were singing. You won't worry about who's preaching because all you'll worry about is who walked in the back door in the middle of the message. You won't worry about who's playing the ukulele, the banjo, the harmonica, the, the drums, the saxophone. You won't care because all you're worried about is if somebody that's a special guest of honor shows up at church. You won't worry about how many you had in Sunday school this week compared to how many you had last week. All you'll be worried about is if the Holy Ghost shows up in church. When we quit worrying about who comes to church versus who doesn't come and who sits where versus who doesn't sit where when we come to the realization that whether people come or not is not the point the only person we're worried about welcoming is welcome Holy Spirit in this place whether there's a thousand of us or twenty of us let God come down and be in our midst should be our focal point that's all that matters that's it one mind one accord one place a unified purpose is a two-fold statement. It's unified, and it has purpose. There are many prayers that have been prayed that are vague. They lack definition. And when you pray just vague prayers, oftentimes you will get frustrated experiences. God is not interested in us praying vague prayers. He likes Specific prayers to be offered up. We talk about all the time that the Apostle Paul writes that pray without ceasing. Continually present your supplications unto the Lord with prayers and thanksgiving without ceasing. God doesn't want you to stay at now I lay me down to sleep type prayers for your spiritual journey. If you've been saved 30 years and the best prayer life you've got is now I lay me down to sleep I pray the Lord my soul to keep, then there's a problem in your journey. look i i' I'm, I'm just being frank i'm just I'm just telling you the truth. the more advan- the more longer you walk this road with the Lord, the deeper your understanding and desires of him should become evident. I understand a baby Christian that got saved just this morning at church may not be able to pray a deep theological processed prayer and really you know, have the, the, the dynamic prayer life that we may think that they should one day obtain. But if you've been saved 30 years and you can barely pray your way out of a wet paper bag, there's a problem somewhere. There is a problem. It tells me a couple of things. One, either you don't spend time with the Lord. Or if you do spend time with the Lord, you spend it very quickly and very flippantly and you're just trying to get out to the next thing because you've never spent time long enough to let Him talk back to you. A lot of people talk to God few people let God talk to them everybody else likes to tell God what they need and what they want they just don't want to shut up long enough to let him respond to their request God I need I want God I need I want I to, amen God I got a good work I see you I never really gave God time to respond and then we get frustrated brother Larry God's not answering my prayers we didn't give enough time for God to even think long enough to answer the prayer. Sometimes I don't think it's that God's not willing to answer our prayers. We didn't give him enough time to answer, so he's like, Well, when you get bored and you come back, we'll talk about it again. But I mean, you seem to got it under control. We'll, we'll, let, we'll revisit this when you come back next time. Sometimes we rush into his presence and we rush out. I'm a firm believer. With all my heart. While we quote scriptures like "Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise," and I'll say this is the day the Lord has made, and we're joyously glad, and I, yeah, that's great. I love those scriptures. Don't get me wrong. The problem with that is this: I also believe before you enter into his gates with thanksgiving and courts with praise, there is an element of preparation that should have happened before you open the door to the gate. I don't think you come busting into enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise, because how can you enter with thanksgiving? And praise if you haven't prepared your heart to be thankful and have something to praise God for. People come to church, already 150 things bothering them in their head. I'm not talking about just problems. I'm talking about, they got, oh, did I turn the roast off? Oh, I hope I turned the stove off. Oh, you know what? I left the laundry in there. Oh, you know what? I forgot to put the dog out this morning. Oh, you, oh, you know what? Doggone it. I meant, to, I meant to put them cinnamon rolls away. Brother Marion's in the middle of teaching a dynamic Sunday school class. And we're thinking... I get home, pastor gets down at 12.30, I still got to cook the rice, the green bean casserole is going to take probably 40 minutes, and man, that's going to put it probably at 1 o'clock by the time we eat, and then I got to get back to church, I got to be there at 5.30. You think you heard anything Brother Marion just taught? No. No. We get into worship, I'm not talking about, I'm talking universal, so don't think I'm throwing shade, but talking about universal church, we go into worship, and I've been guilty of this before. Sometimes at camp meetings and other things, we get into worship. One of the most devastating devices that's ever been created are these two items right here. This particular item has a spirit of demons in it because this is what happens. Now, some of y'all got fancy watches that does it all, you know, iPhone, you know, uh, the iPod, you know, Apple watches or the Samsung watches, you know, that you can text, talk, whatever. I've got one of them that I wear throughout the week, but on Sundays I don't wear it. You know why? Because it recognizes my voice. And I'd be preaching up here one Sunday morning. It's going to talk back to y'all right in the middle of my message. And half of y'all going to die and meet Jesus because you're going to think you heard a voice that you did not hear before. Because it's going to say, I could just say the right word and they'll say, go ahead. You don't think if I'm preaching, God's coming. Go ahead. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God. Go ahead. I mean, that would scare you. People are going to go to hell. Go ahead. I mean, that would scare you. Siri would mess you up in a good service. Siri will mess you up. I've been in some situations where I was talking to somebody, and she started talking. I'm like, no, hush, hush, hush. You know, because I didn't have the right watch on. But what happened even without the fancy watches, if you had an old school watch, what happened It's years ago and nowadays is a little bit different. Nowadays, here's what we do. We almost know biologically when 12 o'clock is on our mind. Now you think I'm here to do that but I'm going to tie my shoe before I fall. But I'm going to use this as an object lesson too at the same moment. We sit there and we're We've already, through Sunday school, we've always thought about it, how much that green bean casserole is going to get burnt when we get home. And then about 12 o'clock, we have the demon of time that jumps upon us. Anybody, anybody ever met the demon of time? I have. Because here's how the demon of time works. We're, we're kind of in moment, but all of a sudden, without any prompting, it, it's like we just second nature. It's like we don't even know why we do it all of a sudden. We go... We don't even know what drew our spirit to the watch. There was a drawing. The problem with the demon of time is after you look at it once, it's contagious. Because now you think it's been 20 minutes and you look down and it's only 12.05 and you thought, gosh, I thought it was longer than that. So guess what you're going to do again? Look at what the next time's going to be in a few minutes. And over time, we allow time to be... think God's really wanting to really move right then? How's He going? I mean, we 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 don't have enough time. God, rim the heavens and come down. God's going. You know, I would, but I don't think you have enough time. Then, the demonic force of time had a child. It 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 procreated. box and now this digital clock allows us not only to check the time, but fill the time so we don't get bored with our time. Because what happens is all of a sudden around 12.05, Brother Larry, I had to check my phone and I noticed I had a red notification on my phone. That demon sent me a notification. So you know what I got to do? I got to By God, I got to open the phone because I need to know if it's important. It might be an emergency. I've often thought to myself in church, I thought, you know, if if we're in church and there's an emergency that happened and they're going to call the preacher typically when there's an emergency and I'm at the front, the emergency probably could have waited because, you know, realistically speaking, unless it's emergency. But oftentimes it's not an emergency. You know what it is? A mail notification. You got another $5 off at Kohl's with Kohl's cash. That's what it was. But isn't it funny that Kohl's sent it to you at 12.05 and you had to check to make sure you got that Kohl's cash back. Come on, y'all. You, you know what I'm talking about. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, I got a Snapchat. See, I got a little red notification. That's a Snapchat. You know what? Let's open it up and look. You know what? Look at here. That, oh, that's my wife. Look, she sent me a Snapchat. You know what? I can't, I can't, I can't say anything. You know, I'm going to put it underneath the pew, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a picture of the Snapchat with my wife. Hey, babe, I'm in church, Right? We hide it and we send it, right? Then all of a sudden we're like, let's check Facebook real quick. You know, I've been looking, I've been watching this this vehicle on Facebook Marketplace. By the time it's all said and done, and you look back down at your phone, like, well, I better put that away before the preacher catches me, because if the preacher catches me, he might call me out, so I put it away, but you've already wasted about 15 minutes of time. But then you want to be like, God, I I really been wanting your presence. I've been wanting your spirit to fall. You know what God's saying? You don't have time. You know what prayer and fasting does? It creates time. Because when I'm not watching TV, guess what I now have? Time. When I'm not scrolling on my social media accounts, my wife and I got off all social media as part of our fast and other things. When we're not on our screen time watching our phones, you know what we now created? Time. 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 You know what God, all God really wants to do with you? He wants to spend time. Except we don't have enough time for Him. My wife and I the other day looked at our screen time over the last month. We, we compared it of however it was. Brother Larry, our screen time usage over the last three weeks is 500% less than we were the previous three weeks because... We gained five. Uh, she gained almost five hours of time in a week from social media watching that she does—just scrolling through her Facebook, checking, baking things, watching Pinterest, Instagram, TikTok, all that stuff. In a course of a week, she gained five hours of time. I gained about three. But that's three hours I could have spent with God in those weeks except I did not have time see the apostles realized they had to be unified in purpose 120 of them together praying the same prayers James was not praying for authority while Thomas praying for love while Peter is asking for position while Andrew is praying for healing they all wanted the same thing and you know what they were willing to do give up time they were willing they had one purpose they wanted the Holy Spirit To fall in their life, and they said, You know what? We're willing to give up our time. We're going to go to an upper room because Jesus said, Go to Jerusalem and tarry and wait until ye be endued with power from on high, that which the Holy Ghost come upon you, and you be my witnesses in Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the world. They realized, I don't know exactly what time he's coming, but I'm not leaving. Until he comes, no matter how long it should take. That's unity. That's purpose. They purposed in their mind, I have a hunger, I have a craving for more of God. And the only thing I want is that promise of the dynamite, dunamis power of God, that, that spirit of God. I want that, I crave that, I long for that. And no matter, Brother James, how long it takes, I'll wait. Time is no longer of the essence, I will give him all the time he needs. And isn't it funny, Jesus didn't come after he left. He didn't come one day after he left. He didn't come two days after he left. He didn't come four days after. He didn't even come one solid week from one Sunday to the next. He didn't even show up the following Sunday morning. He waited Ten days. You know what he's really doing? Seeing how serious they really were about waiting and giving up time. See, we like it. Well, Pastor, you realize if the Holy Ghost ain't moved by ten 12, or twelve ten, he probably ain't moving. What if it was to be at twelve thirty, not twelve ten? Because the Bible says his ways are not our ways. And neither is his thoughts, our thoughts. God doesn't work on the finite time of humanity. He is a God that's infinite and sits above time. Do you know who created time? God. God created time. Because when in Genesis, when he created the light, he said he had a sun to govern the day and a moon to govern the night. He created the order of time. So how dare us to feel like that we should be able to tell God how much time he has to move. And he's the one deciding how time even comes to be in existence. Do you know right now in heaven God has a biometric time clock and he knows exactly what day, time, year you're timing out of this world. No, there's not a physical clock in heaven that goes Larry Wyatt and has a scrolling countdown, T minus, till he's out of here. But God right now in heaven knows exactly what day, what time, what place, whereabouts that your time on this earth is done. Because he sits above time. Miss Carol, as you make your way. I'll finish the rest of this next week. The reality of it is this. The apostles understood that if they wanted Pentecostal power, they had to pray prayers that were not bound by time, but bound by unity. However long this takes, we will lock arms, we will sit in this house, we will not go out to eat, we're not going to go, fl- if somebody needs to go grab something, we'll go grab something to eat. But if we, we, we may fast, we may pray, we're going to sit in this house and we're going to wait. And if it takes God 10 minutes, that's great. If it takes God 10 days, we will wait till He comes. We'll wait. Nowadays, you can't get people to wait 10 minutes past 12 o'clock for God. They were willing to wait 10 days past His leaving. I don't ever ask anybody to sit here until next Wednesday for God to show up. But what if God wanted to come not at 12? He wanted to come at 12:15 or 12:30 or 1245. Look, I've been in services before, and then I'm done. I've been in services before. Where they they sang, it was good. Nothing happened. Shocking. The preacher got up and preached. It's a good message. I don't remember what it was on, but it wasn't bad. I remember what's good. He preached it. Nobody shouted him down. Few people came to the altar and did the, you know, make the preacher feel good. They came down, they prayed three and a half minute prayer. They sang two choruses and a verse of just as I am or I'll surrender all. Everybody felt good about their life. And they got back up and went to their pew. Everybody's good, you know. We got two choruses and two verses of what a friend we have in Jesus. Just prayed long enough. They went back to their pew. Still, sister Ann, nothing's happened. I've been in a service where the pastor would say, Oh, some of y'all probably heard this statement. It's, it's like it must be ingrained. You should do in seminary. I, I didn't go to seminary like that, so I, that's why I don't use it. But had any kind of Bible training, they say the same thing. Are all hearts and minds clear? I don't want to ask that question because I don't want to know everybody's hearts and minds because some of it's probably not clear. It's not clear enough, I want to hear about it either. Some people ain't clear of mind outside of church. I certainly don't know if they're clear clear in church. I don't need some crazy person to be like, no, I got something to say. Oh, that's not what I was going for. I know the intent. I know the intent. That preacher would say, all hearts and minds clear. Ain't nobody say nothing. And that preacher would say, I've been in a church. This happened." Preacher would say, Brother so-and-so. So I'm just gonna use for an analogy like I use all the time. Brother Andrew, you pray our benedict pray. prayer. N- nothing has happened in church at all. It's been mediocre. It's not been bad, but it's been mediocre. No, noth- nothing, Brother Andy stands up, he gets behind the sacred lectern. and he stands up at his pew and he begins to pray. The pastors about three quarters of a of time down the aisle to go do the proverbial, get at the back door we're so glad to have you even though you know and i know you didn't want to be here but thanks for coming anyway but somewhere in that benedict at the end of we're leaving y'all we're leaving nothing's happening nobody we had a few prayers that's about nothing major somewhere in the middle of brother randy's prayer or said person at that time's prayer about three quarters of the aisle all of a sudden it was like time shifted because while we're trying to exit somebody walked in while we were trying to leave the building and while we're trying to push the doors out somebody's trying to push the door in while we're trying to leave the premises somebody just arrived on the premises while we're trying to get to lunch heavenly man is trying to come down and feed us now While we're trying to get to the restaurant, the windows of heaven are pouring out now. And you know what? It wasn't at 12. It was at the end of church. All hearts and minds were clear. Nobody had anything to say. Nobody had anything to do. It was done. But you know what? God said, I don't work on your time. You sang all the songs? Check. You preached the message? Check. You had the altar call and a few people give me a little, now lay me down to sleep prayer in the altar? Check. You sang your little benediction song? Check. All hearts and minds clear? Check. You're getting ready to leave? Check. Then God said, but you know what? It didn't really leave much time for? Me. Brother James, what would happen, and I've been in this service. I, I was there. We're leaving. They're praying the benedictory prayer. And the Holy Ghost started from a corner of the building it was like somebody had turned on a, a, a an oscillating fan. But it was an oscillating fan. It was like it started in that corner. But what happened is that fan oscillated and it started as it turned. The wind started blowing that way. And then it turned this way. And then it turned. Over the course of that entire building, it was like a, it was so, like Brother Larry hadn't got it yet. But Brother Mike and Miss Glenda, they are feeling something in the back corner. Brother, Brother Larry's sitting at the second pew from the front going, man, I don't know what's going on back there in that back corner. But, man, that's, that's some good stuff. But what happens? what Brother Larry didn't know is the fan, the wind, oscillates. The fan, the wind doesn't stay in one location. You know what I like about the wind? It changes direction. Wind doesn't blow in one direction. It can blow north, south, east, and west. Wind changes direction. It can be blowing northeast, but in a matter of a second, it can be going southwest, wind changes it started there but it started sweeping and before long it got not only from the back it got to the front and it swept and you know what we was it was at the end of service when we were all out of time church was over time was up it was time to go time 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 but the spirit walked in at that 12:15, 12, 12:30 12, moment and he began to sweep all over the place and you know what happened brother Larry we didn't get to 12:30 because at quarter to two we're still in the presence of the Lord because we had time time now i know that's not something that you're going to see every day i'll be kind of serious but also kind of comical when i say this i would love for god to do that one sunday to shock the world i would love one sunday morning i preach and ain't none of y'all come to the altar because you think it's a dud of a sermon and we're all like all hearts and minds clear and brother mike and brother randy goes to pray or whoever and they go to pray i would love for one sunday or one Wednesday that to happen everybody's dead and ready to leave they'll see y'all at Gilligan's we'll see you at Huddle House whatever and we're ready to leave and I would love at that moment in time for God to right ah, in the building and mess up everybody's lunch plans let the green bean casserole burn because now you're going to have time let the roast burn now you have be ready at dinner now you have time you know what's better than roast and green bean casserole and rolls your children and your grandchildren having enough time to see the Holy Ghost move in church listen they might like uh, Mimi's cube steak and gravy but ain't nothing good is, even though Mimi's cube steak and gravy is good ain't nothing and <laughs> wait on cube steak and gravy cause all of a sudden there's time there's time the apostles were unified, they prayed prayers of unity, God we want you and we'll wait all day if we have to. You know why churches don't see Pentecost anymore? We don't have enough time. Well, on Saturday we got Pillars breakfast, on Sunday we got Sunday school at 9, we got band, I mean not at uh, 10, we got band practice at 9, we got prayer at 8.30, we, we've got worship at 11 and until 12.30 and we've got. Uh 2:30 meeting, and then we've got six o'clock, five o'clock prayer, and six o'clock worship, and a huddle house meeting at eight with, with Debbie, and then we've got a, on Monday we got Divine Encounter, and on Tuesday we got Women's Auxiliary or Women's Discipleship Meeting, and on Wednesday we got church, and on Thursday we got Men of Power for the Hour. And on Friday, we've got the Young at Hearts and the Pillars and the Youth Department going out to do their activities. And on Saturday, we've got breakfast again. And on Saturday, time! We know how to. What if we started crossing some things off the calendar and said, today, God, is your day. It's, it's time. I'm going to give you this day, Lord. I, you take all the time you need. Now, I don't know if God will ever do that in the middle of a worship service, but if He did, that would be wonderful. Look, I know we're living in a day and an hour. Green beans and cube steak and gravy will satisfy you for about four hours. Snack. If you're like me, it'll last about 30 minutes and you're already looking for a snack in the cupboard. That ain't enough food. One of the biggest things I'm struggling with on this fast is I can, I mean, I'm pushing the plate away, but I, even when I eat a meal, I went to Zaxby's today and ate a garden salad and I ate that thing and I was I saw all the other people's plate. I I felt like a raccoon outside in a garbage can and I was trying to, I was like God if these people weren't over there I'd go take every chicken finger they have off that plate over there. I mean I was, I'd eat anything in sight. Right? Just run. The reality of it is physical food that's great. But you cannot replicate you cannot substitute heavenly food Earthly nourishment, earthly food. I'm telling you, if you would give God just enough time to do what He wants to do, everything else won't matter. you crave more of Him to that degree, time won't matter. Because all you'll want to do is like those disciples and those women and those men in the upper room, those 120, they didn't care. They cared about experiencing the power of God no matter how long it took. That's that's the kind of prayer that produces Pentecost. God, I'll give you all the time you need for you to do what you want to do. Father, I have done my best today, morning and evening, to preach your word to your people. Father, I believe that there has been some words that have been spoken in this house for people to chew on to let marinate in their hearts saturate their spirit feed them until together. God I'm asking whether tomorrow at Divine Encounter 24 or Wednesday or next Sunday that at some point you would honor those who have given up their time in the last three weeks to spend with you You'd feed them. You'd let let heavenly manna fill their soul. God, I pray you show up, show out, and meet their need in a powerful way. Let them know that their time has not been wasted, but it has set them up for just what we've called this season, a divine encounter with the Lord. Father, may you bless us and keep us, and may you make your face shine upon us. Be gracious to us. God, I pray that you would give us a peace that gives us, surpasses all understanding and again, may the words of our mouth and meditation of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. O oh, Lord, our strength and blessed Redeemer, in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit, we pray and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Don't forget that tomorrow is Divine Encounter 24, 7 p.m., if you can make it. Again, I know it's like beating a dead horse on a broken drum, but I'm telling night. If you can come, please come. But come prepared. Hard to be ready. last week, man, God showed out. Come ready. Come ready for Him to move. Come ready for an experience. I've, I've, been, I've been on cloud nine for Monday and then it happened again on Wednesday. I couldn't wait to get to church. I'm ready. I'm like ready to start
1: Like everybody call your family. Let's just start God and He's been in
0: presence so come expecting and excited here from heaven don't forget no pillars on Saturday regular Bible study on Wednesday and regular service next week as well and we'll come off that fast but if you feel compelled to keep going by all means you want more of God and you want to go a couple extra weeks a couple extra days by all means you keep going trust me you will not be wasting your time if you spend it with God Let's stand all over the house. I'm going to pray for safe travels home. And uh, and then we will see you this week. Father, I pray that you would be with every man, woman, boy, or girl, whether they're going to school, whether they're going to work, whether they have things to do tomorrow on their docket and agendas. I pray that you would be with them tomorrow. Lord, I pray that you'd give